everyone. Welcome to the New City Church Podcast, and welcome today to episode number 12 of Ask Pastor Joel. Each week, we take questions concerning the previous week's sermon from New City Church, or just a burning biblical question that's weighing on someone's heart. And today, back in the studio, I have with me Pastor Joel. Hey, man. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing good, and uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. It's been a while. I've had yep. a good six-week break. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was it was unexpected, but it was it was good, I think. And we haven't really been on break. We just you know, break right. from the show. Like, yeah, we've been doing plenty show. of other things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've we've uh, good to both be back been busy and yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting back into these questions. Me too. With you. Me too. So today, um, with our first episode back, we have a question from Alessia again, um, and her question is. Can you give some advice on how to debate or have a conversation with a Catholic who strongly has rejected the gospel? Very good question. Um, and of course, we sort of condensed her longer question down to one that uh, more fit for podcasts. <laughs> so, Alessia, thank you for the question. When reading your original text, it seemed like it was you were trying to get to the heart of more of a frustrating situation of talking to somebody who's in the Catholic faith. You've sort of uh, got to the point where you've agreed on maybe some of the essentials and you've made the gospel clear and talked about many important points, and yet the person is still in their Catholic faith and rejecting, uh, sort of renouncing that. Um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have know somebody or has been in a situation like this, so really good question. First of all, I just want to just address the fact that salvation is in the hands of the Lord. Um, the idea that we can go about converting somebody or doing something that um, will save them by our words or by our efforts or by our zeal, I know it's, it's difficult to, to have to submit to that, but we can't save people. Uh, it's only Christ. Uh, it's only the work of the Spirit. So we can't convert anybody. I wanted to just right off the bat mention that. Um, the power of conversion is the Lord's. The power of uh, regenerating a soul from death to life belongs to God, and that's really what we're dealing with, um, no matter what the, the religion is or the, the belief uh, system that we're dealing with. So whether someone's a Catholic or agnostic or a Buddhist priest or even just a punk, rebellious teenager, it's, it's the Spirit of God who must, has, has to move on a person's life and bring them to the conviction of sin and repentance and then turn to faith in Christ. So the reason it seems to be more difficult to discuss with a Catholic um, is because there are so many similarities. I think when you have, and it's a similar thing to, uh, I think people face with Mormonism, because you sit down with a Mormon and they say, yeah, I agree with you, I agree with you, yeah, man, we're on the same page, and they just sort of, they want to see all the alignments and say that that's, that's enough, and it's those subtleties that are really the most dangerous, and it's, it's similar with Catholicism, and uh, so most Catholics from infancy, um, and that's really a lot of the times what you have with, with Catholics is a generational religion. Um, that's not really founded on the gospel of grace. So from infancy, um, a person is taught within the Catholic religion that Jesus is not really enough, that scripture is not enough, that grace is not enough, and so on and so on. So when you're talking to somebody about uh, these points, they may agree with you about Jesus, they might agree with you about scripture, but deep inside what they have been taught is that there are additional things that they must do. And so they're known as, and so just kind of keep this in mind, they're, they've been known as the plus religion. They are adding to many of the components that we would say are essentials of the gospel. So they believe in Christ, but what, what, what would be the plus to Christ? Well, Mary is the plus to Christ. They believe in Christ 
plus Mary as mediator. They believe in Scripture. Of course, the Catholic, Catholics read their Bibles generally, maybe not uh, as adamantly or as out of uh, sort of the hunger of the soul that a, that a Protestant or a uh, born-again Christian would, but they believe in Scripture. But the plus to that is tradition. They believe in Scripture plus tradition as the authority over their life. Uh, they believe in faith plus works for justification. And they believe in the blood of Jesus plus purgatory as a means of cleansing our lives from sin. So you have these additions. So if you are just simply saying, well, do, what about Christ? And what about faith and scripture and the blood of Jesus? They're going to say, yeah, I, I do all of those things. And so what I would suggest as far as when talking to a Catholic, the issue that needs to be focused on when talking to somebody in this situation is the sufficiency of all these things that we mentioned and how scripture refutes us adding anything else in order to be justified before God. So really, it's a, an issue of sufficiency. Similar, well, in, in a similar vein, there's a, you know, let's say you're talking to uh, somebody who is Muslim. There is a kind of a core principle. You're not so much thinking about sufficiency, but you're, you're thinking about... Um, that you're thinking about eternal security. You're thinking about assurance. That's where the Muslim does not have the gospel. There, there is no assurance. It's a works-based religion and no assurance of salvation. A Catholic might feel like they're assured, but they're assured based on their merits. And so they have this plus religion. So focus on assurance. So Alessia and anybody else who's listening, think, no, excuse me, I said assurance. I'm, now I'm thinking about Muslims. Focus on sufficiency. <laughs> sufficiency, the sufficiency of Scripture primarily and the sufficiency of Christ as our justifying work for salvation. So, for example, with Scripture, you might begin taking them to 2 Timothy. I would say even if this Catholic, if the Catholic that you're talking to loves Scripture or says they love Scripture, take them to the Bible. Take them to their Bible. If you go to 2 Timothy 3.14 in a Catholic Bible, it's going to be the same 2 Timothy 3.14 that you find in, in your scriptures. So that's, that's fine. Here's what it says. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing, that, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So you take them there and you begin to dismantle with the truth of Scripture that there is anything else necessary for salvation, for revelation unto salvation, or for what is profitable for correction, teaching, training, the, the man of God. And that last phrase, that, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete. That's the idea of, of sufficiency, that they may be complete for every good work. And so spend some time there and just and really just let them, let them see it in the scriptures. And having established the sufficiency of scripture for salvation and for all these other things, we understand that everything else be, must be submitted to the scriptures. So then you're saying, well, I understand, um, dear friend, that you, you see traditions as valuable, but shouldn't traditions be submitted to scripture if scripture truly is sufficient? And shouldn't um, other revelation or apocryphal books or um, your ideas or your feelings be submitted to Scripture? Isn't Scripture then sufficient if 
Scripture says it, that it is. And so that's where you can begin there. Then, you've, then what you would do is you'd focus on the sufficiency of Christ and his sacrifice and keep it there. Keep it about the gospel. This is so good when it comes to any sort of apologetics. You're taking that straight stick of the gospel and you're just laying it against the crooked stick of any other religion compared to the gospel. And it's just, that's not an arrogant statement. It is that there is a straight and narrow path and it is the path that Christ has laid out. And when you lay it next to something else, that's how you determine, that's how you begin to see eyes open. You just simply present the gospel. So try to stay focused there. And as they rabbit trail and go down these other places, keep coming back to Christ and the gospel. A good place to go to sort of begin to argue the sufficiency of Christ would be the whole book of Hebrews. Like if you have a Catholic friend that you're thinking through all of these things with, consider Hebrews, go there, study it. Hebrews is a great place to walk through with a Catholic if they're willing to because it's all about the sufficiency and superiority of Christ. So if you just read this entire book, a letter that was written to the Hebrews that were continuing to go back to works and going back to man-merited actions, and so the writer of the Hebrews is saying, no, Christ is sufficient over the law of Moses, over the, over, uh, the sacrifices. He is sufficient. He is superior um, in all these things. And so go there, and, and just, you know, we're not going to do an exposition of Hebrews here, but there's many places you can go uh, in that book. And so study that and go there thinking about the sufficiency of Christ and the superiority of Christ. Colossians 2.10 says, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. That's the, the headship of Christ, the superiority of Christ. Take them there. Challenge them. If this is Christ, if he is head, if he is the one that makes us complete, then what more do we need? And, and make them answer your question. Put this ball in their court and say, tell me, if Scripture says this, then what more do we need? First Timothy 2.5, this would be a, a huge one, really, to discuss. It says, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And so this mediatory work of Mary or the saints that have gone before and prayer to the saints, Scripture makes it very clear there's no other mediator in order to allow us to access God. There's nothing else that's necessary. Christ Jesus himself is our mediator. Take them there. Show them these words in the Scripture and ask them, well, how then do you continue on in what is clearly rooted in Catholic doctrine if here 1 Timothy 2 says this is what is sufficient. And then I'll just end by saying this. Remember John chapter 3. One thing that is very clear is Catholics generally do not believe in being born again. In fact, I've talked to many Catholics that when you mention are you born again, they just say, no, I'm a Catholic. It's like it's not in the vernacular. To be a Catholic and be born again, it does, for some reason, even though it's in their Bible, doesn't make sense. And it's because deeply rooted in uh, Roman Catholicism is, is not a work of the Spirit that regenerates people into salvation freely. It's a law and a system of religion that, that lays upon people a burden of work and, and personal merit to earn salvation that doesn't even end at death. You must continue to earn it in purgatory even after you die. But John 3 laid out before a Catholic, read it. These are the words of, of Jesus to, to Nicodemus, a religious man who was accustomed to working his way towards righteousness. And Jesus said, you must be born again. And, and lay that before this person. So again, God is the one who has to do the work. It can be a frustrating thing to talk to somebody who really believes there's so many alignments. Why must I renounce Catholicism? Why must I turn from this if I, if I already believe in Jesus? But you have to know that a works plus religion is not the gospel. Excuse me. 
a grace or a gospel plus religion, meaning works is the plus, um, is not, it's not the gospel. And so even though you have these core principles, to add something to it is actually to detrimentally distract from it and uh, really corrupts, corrupts the, the, the pure message of the gospel by adding something to it. So a um, couple other things to just keep in mind, study the five solas, go back to the Reformation, look at these five uh, great um, uh, summarizing truths that came out of the Reformation uh, by grace alone, faith alone, according to Scripture alone, in Christ alone, and the glory of God alone. These are the, these are why these statements were so crucial because they they really uh, summarize where our justification comes from. So, Alessia, hopefully that answers your question. Keep praying for that person that you're praying that you're praying with, talking to, debating with. Um, try to stay patient, calm, prayerful, and trust in the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, going back to, you mentioned 1 Timothy 2.5, and uh, I, I guess I had, for some reason, I never, that never came to my mind as a, a verse you could use to argue there, uh, you know, because they, they see Mary as a mediator. Um, it's like, it's like I, I know they obviously have probably like their zigzaggy way to, to avoid it, but it's like, man, how do you get past that one? Yeah, you, you really can't. Yeah, you have to make a lot of excuses, and they would say, well, we go to Christ, but after going to Christ, we believe that going to Mary is a, is a sufficient addition. But, I mean, that's like, I don't know. I mean, that's like having a feast, you know, and then being like, all right, I'm going to go, and now I'm going to go eat some dirt because cause I'm still a little hungry. You know, it's, it, the, it's, it's, you have this great sufficient thing. Going to the lesser thing, it's neither logical nor scriptural, um, even angels themselves are like, don't worship me. And, and angels were above Mary, you know, in terms of superiority and power and strength, right? And they're like, no, we, we worship the Lord God. Um, yeah, so, but again, all of these difficulties, it just comes down to the fact that you are trusting in God to convert the soul. And so continue to pray and just use, use Scripture. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, Alessia, thank you again for that question. That was, was great. Um, Great stuff for us to think about and mm -hmm. um, talk about. So if any other listeners, if you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can text us your question to 207-790-1955, and Lord willing, we'll answer your questions in future episodes. We hope you were blessed by today's episode, and if you were, we'd love for you to continue to check out episodes like these. So to stay connected with us on our page, hit the follow or the subscribe button at the top of our page. And also make sure to give us a review as it really helps us out a lot with getting our Christ-centered content out on these platforms. So that's all we have for today. We hope you have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the New City Church podcast. For more content from New City Church, check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. Or if you want to find our gathering times, location, or any other information about New City, check out our website at www.bathnewcity.church. We hope to have you join us next episode.